It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Tuesday morning, not a bad Tuesday morning. We're about 35 degrees around here as uh, lots of things are happening. Bob and Joe with you to look at the chores this morning. We'll have the first crop progress report of the season for you. We'll share some of that information. Obviously, not a lot of progress being made, but uh, we'll catch up on where we are here this first full week in April. Also, do you remember a year ago today, Miss Jill? How warm it was? No. Take a guess. What do you think the high temperature was a year ago today around here? 65. You're 20 degrees short. Uh. 85 degrees was the temperature last year on April 5th. Today we'll get maybe 50. So uh, what a difference a year makes. But we'll uh, struggle through. It'll eventually warm up. Maybe on Monday we'll get 60. We'll tell you more about the weather. We're going to remind you about uh, Farm Technology Days in Chippewa County. Don't forget the 2024 show is on the calendar. And uh, don't forget you will get your apps available for farmers that want to host that show or maybe be at least considered to host the show. Get your application in. April 29th is the deadline for those applications. And the first part of May, they'll be out checking those farms, talking to the host farmers that have applied, making that decision. And, of course, Farm Technology Days this year is July 12th, 13th, and 14th. And that'll be over at Rail Acres and Rustic Occasions. And there's something new and different. Farm Tech Fest will be on Wednesday evening, Wednesday afternoon, actually. Start about 5 o'clock, so it's not like you got to go to the show and then find two or three hours of something to do. No, go across the, go across the road, have a beer or two, a sandwich, and uh, get seated in your seats, and then away we'll go. Madison County and Sawyer Brown going to be there, and... Uh, Joe Nichols. Joe Nichols. So how could I forget? But it's going to be fun, so... Lots of Farm Technology Day things going on around our area here. Is, uh, this part of the state is really and truly the best places to have farm technology. That's been proven out. So, again, looking forward to uh, getting a lot of things going, a lot of things done. We'll take a look at our weather and a whole calf count. What's the calf count at the Walkie Land and Cattle Ponderosa down in Osseo? We're at 39. We had two yesterday. Oh, boy. We got a Kevin and a Kenna. Oh, boy. Kevin and Kenna. All right. All Ks this year. So that progress is continuing. And if uh, you're calving, hopefully you're having a good calving season as well. And a quick look at our weather here. And again, our weather forecast brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Don't forget their service department at Marquardt is open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit, complimentary tire rotation, vehicle health check, and a car wash. Schedule yours at marquardtmotors.com. Today, mostly cloudy with some chances of rain moving through. Kind of windy, too. And then uh, later on today into tonight, we're looking for showers. Showers into tomorrow. Maybe a little snow mixed in places with a high of 48, so obviously not going to be too bad. Rain and snow again on Thursday with a high of 41, then partly sunny through the weekend, eventually warming up to about 60 on Monday. Right now, it's 35. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 35 degrees. We'll get up to about 50 today. Long way from 85, but uh, 
We'll take what we can get this spring. Tuesday morning at Wax again, 35 degrees right now, about 50 a high today. Again, later on, if you're not seeing already, some rain, maybe a little snow moving through. Kind of windy, too, today, so be aware of that. Otherwise, uh, not too bad. Shouldn't cause any problems if you're going to go someplace. I don't think you're going to go out in the fields too much, but uh, otherwise, not a bad day. Not like we had last year, 85 on this day. It is 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. News this morning. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The Kansas Jayhawks are celebrating their fourth NCAA Men's Basketball National Championship. They beat North Carolina last night 72-69 after the largest comeback in the history of the game. The head coach says that made the title win even more special, and it's better than he ever imagined. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is set to address the U.N. Security Council this morning about what he calls a massacre on the outskirts of the capital. Trey Thomas says more. He blames Russian troops for killing hundreds of civilians before they withdrew. Bodies were found in the streets of Bucha and in mass graves, some with their hands tied. Zelensky fears the death toll will rise. In his latest video address, he also warned Russia will try to cover up the truth. Russia has denied responsibility. I'm Trey Thomas. Former President Barack Obama is headed back to the White House today. He'll speak about the success of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. This will be his first visit since leaving office in 2017, 10 years after he signed the bill to give millions of people health insurance. President Biden will join the event and is expected to also reveal new actions to save families hundreds of dollars a month on their health care. Republican Senator Mitt Romney will vote to confirm Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination. Matt Mattinson has more. Alaska Republican Lisa Murkowski also announced that she will be supporting Jackson. That means three GOP senators have now stated they will back Jackson, becoming the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. Maine Susan Collins was the first Republican to state her intention to vote yes. Romney said Jackson is a well-qualified jurist and a person of honor. I'm Matt Mattinson. And it looks like a supermarket strike has been averted in Southern California. Workers at more than 500 stores reached an agreement with major chains like Ralph's, Bonds, Albertsons, and Pavilions. The deal is expected to be voted on this week. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're sneaking up on five minutes after five o'clock this morning. And hey, coming up, we're going to have a conversation with Amber Raddatz. Amber, of course with the uh, farm program that we had down, Discovery Farms program down in uh, Pigeon Falls, and now a different title, but uh, kind of doing the same work through the extension service. Uh, some of the research that's been done over the past few years with the Discovery Farms program that she's now sharing with farmers around the state will uh, catch up with Amber and hear what that's all about but uh, first of all we got a few other chores to do like tell you about the weather mostly cloudy today and uh, some rain later on maybe mixed with snow kind of windy as well and then uh, showers later on today into tonight and into tomorrow and it's going to be off and on it might clear up and you say where's the snow well the rain hang on because it's going to be a mix of stuff moving through the next couple of days 50 today 48 tomorrow Maybe a little rain-snow mixed on Thursday. The high only 41, only 40 on Friday, but it'll be partly sunny. Well into the 50s on Saturday and Sunday, and about 60 on Monday. Right now, Medford's at 30, Rice Lake 37, Wausau 29, reporting a little fog, too, so be careful of that. Marshfield at 29. 
The Green Bay area at 35 this morning. Lacrosse, 38. Madison, Sun Prairie, cloudy and 39. It's also 39 in Milwaukee and 35 right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the markets this morning. And we start with the cash livestock deal. Choice fed beef steers are 132 to 142 with mixed at 115 to 130. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 142 with mixed at 115 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 120 to 130 with selects at 90 to 119. Cows are coming in at 61 to 77 with a top of 97. Bulls are 75 to 114 with butcher hogs at 75 to 98. Sows are 70 to 83 with boars at 25 to 40. New crop market lambs are 175 to 195 and feeder lambs are 240 to 340. And at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures were all lower across the board. As we take a look at live cattle, $138 even, down 65 cents. June, $134.92, down 92. August, $136.20, down 70. October cattle, $143.15, down 77. Feeder cattle, the uh, April contract, $158.37, down 320. May, $162.47, down 365. August, feeder cattle, $174.10, down 225. September at 176.62, down 210. And October feeder cattle, 178.72, closing down $1.97. Lean hog carcass contracts, April 99.45, down $1.85. May at 109.30, down 387. June, 116.15, down 430. And July at 116.45, down 435. And on the Board of Trade, China buying U.S. corn, most they purchased in the past year, over 42.5 million bushels. And also uh, beans were higher, bean and corn's higher, beans higher on uh, meal usage, meal and oil usage. That was yesterday's trade. Overnight, what happened? July corn, another 3 to 4 cents higher at 7.43 this morning. The July oats at 7.11. Wheat up 24 cents on the July contract at 10.34. Soybeans, 15.98 up 9 cents. Meal up 2.90 a ton at $450.70. Barrel cheese up a cent and a half to 2.26 and three quarters. The blocks were down three and a quarter to 2.26 and one quarter. Butter up a penny at 272. Class three were lower. April down 14 at 23.55. May 23.99 down 56. June 23.83 down 52. July 23.74 down 43. And August 23.74 down 28. No $24 milk on the board after yesterday's trade. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
Crop Progress Report. First one of the year is out. We'll take a look at the numbers. Coming up next on WAC. Hey, big auction coming up a week from today, Tuesday, April 12th, from Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. It'll start at 10.30 in the morning. And uh, this is the Tim and Nancy Bublet sale. They're over in the uh, Owen area. They've sold the farm, and they're going to sell their full line of farm machinery next Tuesday. Now, uh, from the uh, Curtis area, three miles north on E to Bridge Road, then two and a half miles west on Bridge Road to the farm. And again, this is the Tim and Nancy Bublet sale. Tractors will sell, uh, New Holland TM-150, uh, New Holland TS-100. Also, Same, Mercury 85, two-wheel drive tractor. Those New Hollands are four-wheel drive. They've got hay and forage equipment, planting, planting and tillage equipment. John Deere 8250, 10-foot uh, grain drill with the uh, front grass seed hold boxes, a John Deere 7000 four-row wide corn planter with dry fertilizer attachment, lots of other good planting and tillage equipment, plus some miscellaneous items as well. This is the Tim and Nancy Bublet sale, and again, it's next week at 10.30 on Tuesday, April 12th, Tim Schindler, the auctioneer. Now, uh, internet bidding with equipmentfacts.com will be available as well, so mark it on your calendar. You're looking for some good farm machinery. This is it, the Tim and Nancy Bublet sale, and again, it's next Tuesday, April 12th, starts at 10.30 from the Curtis area, three miles north on E to Bridge Road, then two and a half miles west on Bridge Road to the farm, Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, let's get some of the farm news. First crop progress report. What's it say, Jill? Now that we're into April, the USDA crop progress reports are being reported for this year's planting, growing, and harvest season. Yesterday's report shows the current condition of the winter wheat crop is rated at just 30% good to excellent, with 36% of the crop rated poor to very poor. That's the worst condition rating for the top for the crop in early spring in the past decade. Farmers, mostly in Texas, have 2% of their corn planted, about equal to with past years, but farmers do have 13% of their sorghum and 25% of their oats planted both about equal to the past years. But in Wisconsin, the winter wheat crop is is in much better condition, rated 61% good to excellent, but that's down about 15% from last November's rating. A few farmers in southern parts of the state said some of their pastures and cover crops are greening up and a few have started seeding oats. Top soil moisture is rated at 80% adequate, to surplus across the state this week. And according to the National Agricultural Statistics Service, Wisconsin had 421 million bushels of corn in storage on March 1st, up 29% from last year, with 42% of the total corn stored on the farm. Stored soybeans totaled 55.1 million bushels across the state, an increase of 41% from last year. Nationwide corn stocks Stocks total 7.85 billion bushels, up 2% from last March, with over 4 billion bushels of the total stored on farms, up 1% from last year. Off-farm stocks totaled 3.77 billion bushels, an increase of 3% over a year ago. Nationwide stored soybeans totaled 1.93 billion bushels on March 1st, up 24% from last year. 
The estimated total soybean stock stored on farms is 750 million bushels, an increase of 26% over last March, with off-farm soybean storage measured at 1.18 billion bushels, up 22% from last year. A lot of numbers in there. There is a lot of numbers stocks in there. Stocks and stocks, you get kind of tied around, don't you? A little bit once in a while. <laughs> we all do, that's for sure. All right, thank you, Jill. We'll have more farm news calendar, things going on around the area. We'll talk about that, too. But we're going to talk next with Amber Raditz. And Amber, of course, for a long time with the Discovery Farms program, now a different title, which I'll let her tell you here in just a few minutes, talking about tillage research. She was uh, discussing some of that with the professional dairy producers of Wisconsin here a couple weeks ago down in Wisconsin Dells. We'll hear from Amber next. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It won't be long. We'll be in the fields. And if we didn't get fall tillage done last year, there will be spring tillage to do. We're going to talk about that with Amber Raditz whose title now is Agriculture Water Quality Program Manager with the UW-Madison Division of Extension. Amber, we know you better with the Discovery Farms program. <laughs> That's right, and I'm still there, uh, but now actually within Extension, we've got a commitment to be able to grow our education opportunities for, within this ag water quality sector, and so we're um, able to now have a program area that's right alongside and right with Discovery Farms. Discovery Farms will focus on the research part, and we'll be able to um, shore up the outreach end of things and be able to have more people in more locations across the state getting that information out. And, of course, it's all about uh, water quality, saving our soil, and uh, that's what you're focused on as we get into spring. What are some of the the tips or the recommendations or the do-it-this-way information farmers when they hook on the, the disc or the whatever behind? Yeah, well, so, you know, this is the world according to Amber, right? And it's always works perfectly. According to research. Yeah, uh, according to research, but, you know... The farmers have the the feel for how this actually can be applied on the landscape, right? And it takes a lot of trial and error. But from our Discovery Farms research, what we found is that the first best thing that farmers can do for water quality is making sure that soil loss is controlled. So how do you know if soil loss is controlled in your field? Well, a lot of folks are switching to no-till. That works well in some places. That works especially well, like on our uh, serious hills in Tremplo and Buffalo County and places where we're, we're farming on the hills there but you know also just being able to look at your field and look for visible signs of erosion that's the first best thing you can do so making sure waterways are in place where water flows off the fields um, so if you ever see any gullies or actual visible soil erosion that's a signal that something probably should change about your tillage or um, conservation practices in that field as we look at it and do the visual check first, over the years with the Discovery Farms program, you've actually been able to measure. What have you seen? I would imagine some places the number is kind of scary about the soil that leaves and goes down the river. Yeah, that's right. We're, we have the fortunate opportunity to take data that's actually from working Wisconsin farms. Um, we're, we set up monitoring stations at the edges of farm fields all across the state. And what we've seen in terms of soil loss is that those no-till practices and making sure that we have a network of conservation practices. So reducing tillage, using no-till, um, having waterways and other conservation practices in place on the field, you can really reduce your 
for the last, even in challenging landscapes like Buffalo County, to almost nothing. So, you know, we have seen where people have a really good network of conservation practices in place where um, their soil loss amounts to like a couple five-gallon buckets full every year. And then we've seen where it may not look so hilly and steep, but that soil is heavier clay or long slopes or there's not a waterway in place or too much disturbance. And boy, those numbers can knock your socks off. So what we're seeing overall is that for people that have put those practices in place, they work. They work very well, and that's the first best thing we can do for our waters. And, of course, there's more to it than tillage. I'm thinking of cover crops and uh, other practices that can protect our soil and keep it where it's supposed to be. Yeah, those are kind of coming new things coming down the pipe. And what we've seen, I mean, there's some awesome farmer-led groups. I'm part of one in Buffalo and Trampolo County. There's some awesome farmer-led efforts that are out there that are trying different things with cover crops, just enhancing the time of year where we get more cover on our soils for longer or have a root growing in there for longer. But what we've seen, you know, especially in places where you have a challenging soil type, really heavy clay soils or long slope lengths, making sure that those waterways are in place where water wants to concentrate and leave the field. We can still see high soil loss numbers with no-till and cover crops if there's no waterway in place. So we got to do all of the pieces of the puzzle on a field. And you know, the other challenging part is it's field by field specific. So, you know, you have your farming system and then you have to apply that differently basically on every field or even every part of a field. And it's more than just on those tilled fields. The uplands, the whole the whole picture plays a part in this. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, so for example, I keep talking about Buffalo County. I'm thinking about the Bragger Farm where Discovery Farms first started its research. And, you know, what we had to have there, what Joe had to have there was a network of practices. So dams to slow down water that was coming out of the woods and onto the farmland, right? Because that there's not a whole lot we can do to change infiltration within those non-farmed areas. So then we have to have practices in place to both take care of that water we're receiving. It even is as simple as if you have a culvert coming onto your property from somewhere else, you have to take care of that water that you're receiving on your cropland and make sure that those practices are in place on your part and then also work with that upstream part. So there's just a, there's a, a lot of different pieces to consider. And, you know, there, fortunately, there's a lot of good resources out there too. Timeliness of the tillage. Over the years, you hear a lot of folks say fall tillage is recreational tillage, and we've (laughs) opened up that soil versus in the spring when we're going to go right back in there and, and plant a crop. Have you seen the different reactions to the soil from fall to spring tillage using the same tools? You know, I would say that timing, either one can can work or not work depending on if it's too intense for the landscape. I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, if you're using a type of tillage that's, you know, too intense for the the hill that it's on or the slope that it's on, and then, um, you know, being able to determine whether it was done in the fall or the spring, well, truly, we can get some pretty nasty snow melts from winter, you know, snow, rain, frozen ground that can make that fall tillage be a problem. We can also get some pretty tough weather in the spring where we get repeated rains or hard, heavy rains. And so, you know, the best method is really making sure we have cover in place. And so if you do have to do some tillage, trying to make it as little as possible because our weather is a little unpredictable at this point and you could get caught either way. And Amber, as far as the measurements and the 
that you take for Discovery Farms and the water quality. Have you been able to measure over the years with the Discovery Farms history that we now have a difference in, in yields based on some of these practices and it's made a difference in, and uh, nutrient placement, nutrient retention, things like that? Yeah, what, what we're seeing from um, the folks that have started to use no-till and have it in place for a long time is that what they're seeing is more consistent yields, so that soil is better able to handle more of a drought or more water at a you know inopportune time, things like that. So we're starting to see more consistency in those systems. Um, we're starting to see where we can start to really play with those fertility patterns um, based on the amount of residue we're leaving in the field. So we're leaving more for the organic matter to become. We're you know, using our manure in a way that is really helping boost that fertility and then keeping it all in place so the soil biology has a chance to work. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how our fertility needs how, how we can kind of play with those numbers, especially as our inputs are pretty imp- unpredictable right now. And, and again, that's Amber Raditz, who we've known for years with the Discovery Farm programs, still doing the same work, but now with the uh, Extension Services uh, in her title. All right, it's 529. We're going to get some markets, we're going to get some weather, and we're going to get some news. Morgan's going to join us next. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning. That's close enough. Let's get some news. Morgan's in the newsroom this morning. Remember what the temperature was last year? Did you hear what we were talking about? 85. Oh, how did you celebrate? I bet you were out tanning and gardening and doing all kinds of stuff. I put my snow boots in the closet. That's how I celebrated last year. I still got my snowblower in the garage. I got to take it out to the back shed, but I hate to do it before tax day because I know we're going to get more snow. We always do. Well, I'm up to two now. They say three on a robin's tail, and I've gotten two on my first robin's tail so far. So there's one more ahead of us by my calculation. You know, I still haven't seen a robin. No? No. You can use me if you want. I've okay. seen a couple. I'll, I'll right. let you borrow right. my Robin. Right. He's got a soggy Robin. tail twice over. <laughs> We're waiting on the third. All right, and I know it's coming. But uh, what else is going on? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Plenty of our local clerks and poll workers have coffee in the mugs early and often for Election Day in Wisconsin. Voters across the state head to polls to decide local races. It means contests for mayor, school board, judge. A lot of you will see school referendum questions on those ballots as well. We're just a little bit away from polls opening at 7 this morning, and that'll stay until 8 p.m. tonight. Election managers reminding people to bring that voter ID if they want to vote. Away from the polls, we look into other headlines across our state and approach the bench with a judge overseeing the trial of the Waukesha Christmas Parade suspect saying he doesn't want to wait. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster takes us closer to a trial that may not, won't be delayed. The judge yesterday refused to delay the trial, which continues to be set for October. The judge hasn't yet decided if the trial is going to remain in Waukesha County. Darrell Brooks Jr.'s lawyers say there's no way he can get a fair trial in Waukesha. A hearing on that issue comes up in June. Brooks is looking at a laundry list of charges, including several counts of homicide. Police say he killed six people and injured over 60 others when he sped through the parade last November. I'm John DeMaster. We'll shine a light on a moratorium that's soon to end. Power companies across Wisconsin urging you to owe, if you owe on power bills, to make payment arrangements now before lights are turned off. Wisconsin's ban on disconnecting the power ends April 15th. That's next Friday. The state's Public Service Commission yesterday said people need to make payment arrangements or maybe ask for financial assistance before that deadline. And a heads up, the state does have some help available in paying those utilities if you're interested. 
And the prices of eggs scrambles as that goes on the rise. Wisconsin's bird flu outbreak grows. The Department of Ag yesterday said the flu has been found in a flock of backyard chickens in Rock County, and the efforts to contain that continue across the state. And just a reminder, those polls open a little shy of an hour and a half away here, 7 a.m. this morning, and it'll be that way till 8 p.m. tonight. And a thank you to all of our local poll workers who are no doubt going to put in some long days, long hours today. Keep that coffee lukewarm and chug it fast, right? From Wax 104.5, I'm Morgan McCarthy. And those elections will be fair and honest. Uh, Those people work hard and are dedicated and... Boy, if you get in their back rooms, they make good cookies and bars, too. <laughs> As the sister of a local town clerk who's got a pan of brownies ready to go every yep. election day, I can attest to that. It's about the food as well. Absolutely. If there are any left, tell her to send them in here. Oh, yeah. We'll make sure that Bob gets his share, too. Get a cut every day. All right. See you later. Anytime, Bob. All right. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Hey, it's uh, 26 minutes to uh, 6 o'clock. That means time to go check Mike Dandry over there in the weather room. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Can you bring me some of those cookies if you get some, please? Boy, I'll tell you, they're good, too, because they're all homemade and they're Oh, cold. my goodness. Man, they give jeepers. <laughs> when I when I retire, I'm going to volunteer to work in the polls just so I can eat those, just to get the those homemade goodies. That's for sure. Oh, I love that stuff. Well, sir, we've got a pretty decent day for uh, going to the polls. It shouldn't. The weather sure shouldn't be an excuse. Well, not in the early part of the day, anyways. Uh, later on, it might be a little bit of an issue. Uh, but I mean, it might be a good afternoon and evening to enjoy those cookies by the fireplace because, well. We'll have a rather quiet start to the day. Some clouds filling in throughout the morning and into the early afternoon. Should remain dry until later on in the afternoon, but it will get rather breezy later on as well with winds gusting upwards of 30 miles per hour at times. Then our showers start later around dinner time, and then carrying on until late through the overnight as our lows dip to around the mid-30s. Some snow may try to wrap its way in as well as temperatures do go down uh, going into the early hours of Wednesday morning as our highs will ultimately top out in the mid-40s by tomorrow afternoon. And then some rain carrying on into Wednesday evening as well. Possibly a rumble of thunder out of this, but I think that's going to stick a little further towards the south. Then Thursday, we get on the back edge of the system. Things cool down, but some snow tries to wrap its way in yet again as our highs really only topping out in the upper 30s. And then Thursday night, things start to quiet down a little bit. Mostly cloudy conditions as we bottom out in the upper 20s. And Friday, mostly cloudy again, only in the upper 30s. But it will be breezy again as well as that system does depart towards the northeast. But it's setting up for a fairly decent weekend with Saturday. Sunny conditions and temperatures topping out around the 50-degree mark. And Sunday, well, partly cloudy. Some clouds may try to filter in later on in the afternoon as we get into the mid-50s. Going to feel really nice compared to the last couple of weeks. Right now in Eau Claire, partly cloudy conditions and a temperature of 33 degrees. Nothing close to 85, though. Nope, that was our record last year, and boy, does that sound great right now. (laughs) (laughs) It also sounds distant, too. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, well, distant is a a word for it. I guess so. (laughs) All right, Mike, get done early and go vote. All right, sounds good, Bob. You have a good one. There he goes, Mike Dandry over there in the weather room for Skywarn 13 this morning. We'll take a look at a little more news. We've got some calendar, and, of course, we've got markets on a Tuesday morning here at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 22 minutes before 6 o'clock, we'll get you caught up with some of the markets, a few calendar items, but uh, the meat processors... The money is available if you want to expand. Jill, what's that all about? Well, the grants are available to meat, proce- meat and poultry processing plants intended to help them 
increase plant capacity. The goal of the money is to strengthen the domestic supply chain, keeping it more resilient against shifts in the markets, and try to keep the food affordable for consumers. The grants are also meant to increase the number of food processors in the supply chain to present a slowdown in getting products to us as consumers. Applications for the Meat and Poultry Processing Expansion Program can be found at the USDA website and are due April 11th. Yeah, that's so coming you know, up very, very soon. April 11th is... Uh, next Monday. That's next Monday. All right. Hey, speaking of next Monday, don't forget our uh, European farm tour. We're going to uh, Austria, Bavaria, Germany, and uh, the Oberammergau Passion Play. We're going to visit uh, Wagyu Farm, some dairy plants, uh, cheese making. We'll be up in the beautiful mountains of uh, that part of the world. We'll also uh, be around the Munich country. That means we're going to go to Hitler's Eagle's Nest, Berchtesgarten, and what a place that is. Google that sometime and take a look at it. Also, we'll go to Dachau, one of the prison camps that uh, Hitler used uh, during World War II. It's going to be really an interesting, educational, and fun trip. So next uh, next Monday, we're going to have a virtual travel party. Call Holiday Vacations and find out how you can get on that travel party. I think it's about 10 o'clock in the morning. But Holiday Vacations will tell you all about it. Just go through there and and uh, call them at 834-5555 and uh, find out all about it. So uh, that is coming up. Also coming up, we'll have the state FFA contest coming up in June down in Madison, and in our area, we keep a close track of sections 1, 2, 3, and 7, and section 1 was the last section in our area to have their speaking contest, and Jill, how did that come out? Well, just last week, they had their speaking contest at the Flambeau High School, and the first place uh, individuals are the ones that are going into state, but I'll let you know who had the second place. So prepared speaking, first place was James Meyer out of the Rice Lake FFA, was second place going to Emma Mullen out of Unity FFA. Extemporaneous speaking, first place was Courtney Glenna out of Amory, and second place was Jonathan Lorsing out of Amory. Discussion meet, first place was also Jonathan Lorsing out of Amory, was second place as Kristen Katz out of Clear Lake. Employment skills, first place went to Isabella List from Barron. And second place went to Courtney Glenna out of Amory FFA. The Quiz Bowl Contest, first place went to Amory. And second place went to Bloomer FFA Team 1. Creed speaking, first place went to Olivia Cunningham out of Osceola. And second place went to Arla White out of Shell Lake FFA. And Parliamentary Procedure, First place went to Clear Lake FFA, with second place going to Amory FFA. Congratulations to all participants. Absolutely. And again, the first place winners will go on and compete at the state FFA convention down in Madison in June. And uh, we'll be following all those young people to to see how they do. We'll also have to get a hold of the folks over at UW-River Falls. They had the Ag Techniques Contest, or Ag Technology Contest, over there on Saturday. About a 1,000 students were there. And uh, two contests were actually state contests. So the winners of that co- those contests, I believe Ag Communications, and uh, I don't have the other one on the tip of my tongue. We'll see if we can't figure that out. 
they have automatically qualified now to go to the national competition down at the National FFA Convention in October down in Indianapolis. So we'll uh, find out if we can't get some results from the Ag Technology Contest over there at River Falls. We'll see if we can't maybe Google it here before the end of the hour even and see if uh, they've got that online yet. I know it takes them a while to put all the tallies together, but uh, we'll see what we can find out. We'll see what else is going on around the area, too. Right now, we're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock at WAC. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, some things coming up as far as the calendar is concerned. This is Wisconsin Water Week, April 4th through the 10th. And the Wisconsin Lakes and Rivers Convention is going on April 6th through the 8th. You can do it in person or virtually. That's going to be held in Stevens Point. And the theme this year is protecting what we love for the future. Of course, our water, which is so valuable in our part of the country. So, again, this is Wisconsin Water Week, April 4th through the 10th. Jill, anything else going on? Sure. If you're in charge of supper tonight... Head on over to Culver's on Gulf Road to support the Eau Claire Leaders Association from 4 to 6 today. The 4-H leaders. The 4-H leaders. All right. That's a, which one? Which Culver's? On Gulf Road. All right. So get on over there and support the 4-H leaders. They'll be able to, I don't know what they'll be doing, maybe waiting tables or something, and then they'll get they'll get a cut of some of the uh, revenue from today at Culver's. Culver's a good supporter of agriculture, FFA, 4-H, and other organizations as well. So get over there. They do a good job for us. And, uh, you know, you speak at Culver's, and I, I've got to say it again, Breakfast in the Valley is not going to be held this year because the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce said not to do it. I have never, of all events around the area, I haven't had so many people say, what's the matter? How come we're not having breakfast in the valley? And I, and I mention this because Culver's reminds me of it. They always supplied the custard for our cornflakes and strawberries, which people just love. But I can't remember any event being canceled or whatever the term you want to use as people reacting to it. I love that event. That's the greatest event, this, that, and the other thing. So, again, it's not my decision. I had nothing to do with it. It's the Chamber of Commerce in Eau Claire that has uh, done it. If you want to ask somebody why we're not having it, call them and ask them. But, again, talking about Culver's reminds me that, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me why we're not having breakfast in the Valley in Eau Claire this year. And we're not. All right, and that's enough of that. What else is going on? Well, we're still talking about Culver's, and in their celebration of National FFA Week, which was a little while back, they are having an essay contest, and this essay contest is due on April 11th at 9 o'clock, and it's an essay of only a 1,000 words or, or less, or a video, and it benefits your chapter. The winners, there's three winners selected, and they will earn for their chapter $7,500 $5,000 or $2,500 wow. to go to their FFA chapters to do activities. Wow. So get those in. And uh, I suppose you can go to Culver's online and find out more of the details of what actually they're looking for. So get that done, but do it soon because April 11th is uh, right down the road a week from today. All right. We've got uh, 13 minutes before 6. We've got some markets. We'll get to those next. 
the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get to the markets at the sale ones. Busy day yesterday down at the Equity Barn in Sparta. Here's Scott to tell us what happened. Slaughter cow market was steady today with 20% of the cows 80 to 9150. 60% of the cows sold 65 to 79. And 20% of the cows sold 64 and down. The organic cows were steady with most cows 98 to 116. Thin or small organic cows 80 to 97. And organic steers and heifers 115 to 116. Slaughter bulls were steady with the high yielding bulls 90 to 104. Canner and utility bulls 89 and down. Fed cattle were steady with no test on the beef today. Choice overnight beef steers and heifers, 138 to 148.50 with no test. Select a choice beef steers and heifers, 125 to 137 with no test. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers, 120 to 135 with no test. Choice overnight Holstein steers, 123 to 130 with top of 135. Your choice Holstein steers, 110 to 122. And the standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers, 109 and down. Replacement calves were steady with the top Holstein bull calves, a dollar to a dollar sixty. Your Holstein heifer calves, ten to seventy, and the beef calves, one seventy to three ten. Just a reminder: this Thursday, April seventh, will be our next dairy feeder sale with dairy starting at noon, followed by feeders at twelve thirty. Thank you, the Spend Scott Herman, with your Sparta Equity Market Report for Monday, April fourth. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get more market. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Morning, Jerry. Got anything to do today? Uh, well, yeah, good morning to you, Bob. Yeah, we're rather busy. Uh, barn will be rather busy, but uh, we'll be uh, uh, going down to open up the stuff for the election. At, uh, polls will be opening here uh, uh, an hour and ten minutes. So. Uh, so what did you bake? Cookies or brownies? Uh, what are you taking in for the poll workers today to snack on? Well, right now, nothing. we got to get down to business first. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, what kind of a boss are you? Well, get us started on the Stratford market so you can get to the polls. We better do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Very busy day on tap today here at Stratford, but we're going to recap yesterday's market. Uh, very strong markets yesterday. We'll start with the cow market. Cow market very strong yesterday. High yielding, freshly Holstein cows selling from 77 to 90. Top cow yesterday at 95. For the cows in yesterday's auction, selling from 60 to 77. Thinner cows, lighter carcass cows, below 60. Bull trade very strong also. Better quality bulls selling from 90 up to a top of 111. Lighter weight bulls below, uh, below 80. Uh, on the calf market yesterday, a very, very strong market on the bull calves. Good quality bull calves. Now we want to stress that. The good quality bull calves, 100 to 250. Fancy bull calves from 250 to a top of 270. Little better demand than the heifer calves, still nothing real great, sixty dollars and below. Beef calves very high again, two hundred to four fifty, up to four seventy on those black Angus calves yesterday. And as I mentioned, a busy day here in Stratford today. Uh, we've got the big dairy sale, but first of all, at ten o'clock we have the straight uh, hay and straw auction. Uh, nice selection of hay again, and also straw. Uh, we do have small squares of hay available for you folks that are looking for that. Also, large squares and oat straw. As I said, dairy sale today at 11. Folks, if you're looking for some really good dairy cattle today, we do have two very nice herds. For
for sale today. Uh, complete herd dispersal of the Ed and Sue Rudolph herd. Uh, 40 Holstein cows in that herd. Uh, we're going to sell all the young stock also. There's going to be brown Swiss, red Holstein heifers. And again, just a real nice set of cows, well taken care of. And uh, tank average is 85 pounds on that herd. 4-0 butter fat, very low somatic. And uh, then uh, herd number two, a tie stall milk herd, 25 cows, 4-5 uh, butter fat, 3-4-4 protein. So an excellent opportunity today to buy some really good replacement cows. And again, that will all be at 11 o'clock part of the dairy sale. And after the dairy sale, we do sell market cows, including organic market cows. So, again, busy day all around today. And don't forget, uh, uh, one week from today, we do have another uh, uh, real nice herd of cows coming up here in Stratford. We'll have more to say about that as time gets closer. So, Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you folks. And uh, I guess... Uh, Todd, you got time today, to make a pan uh, of brownies before you leave. So get it done. We'll talk to you in the morning, okay? Pan of brownies? Boy, that's going to have to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald. We'll see if he makes those brownies. More markets. Let's get over to Tree Livestock over in Thorpe. Michelle joins us. Morning, Michelle. Aren't you a poll worker, too? I am. Yes, I'm going to work here in a half hour. Not right. even. Which polls are you going to be at? What do you mean? I'm going to be at the Township of Withy. Oh, Township of Withy. Okay. Now, Jerry yes. Fitzgerald, you know, he... He said he didn't make brownies or cookies. What did you make? Because I know you always make something to take to the polls, don't you? Sure. <laughs> like what? <laughs> brownies, cookies, like, what the, your fellow poll workers look for to snack on from you? Man, if I get time to get off the you know, radio here with you, maybe I'll step down at Sweet Memories and pick some plate up. <laughs> Is that what you call it? That's what you call your kitchen, Sweet Memories? You go into your kitchen and you got a big sign over your kitchen, Sweet Memories? Well, you know, <laughs> I do bake. I bake a lot. Come on, you know I bake a lot. I just have been busy. Oh yeah, I know that. I know you've been busy. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. With it. I'll, oh jeez. I feel so guilty now. You see, you're so terrible. You are so. This is just awful. You know. Now I'm going to go to work, and my fellow poll workers are going to be like, "Really? You didn't bring anything? Thanks, Bob." <laughs> Well, you just made my morning. How'd the markets go last night? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll tell you all about them. Thank you, Bob. Summing up the sale from Monday, April 4th at Train Livestock Market in the Slaughter Market, we topped at 90 and a half with the consignment by Dutch Dairy of Thorpe. 80% of the cows, so from 67 and above market cows, were 77 to 88, low yielding cows, 67 to 76. Thin in week cows 65 and lower. In the Holstein steer market, choice in prime 118 to 128. Select for 116 and down. For beef type steers and heifers, choice 120 to 138. Select for 118 and lower. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 86 to 102 with the utilities at 82 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves are from 100 to $280 per head. We tapped at 286 with the consignment by Matthew Shirk of Thorpe. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Hosting heifer calves were 10 to $55 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 100 to 360 per head. In the hawk market, there was no test on the butchers. Sows were 77 to 82. Boars were 35 and a half and down. Our next will be tomorrow, Wednesday, April 6th. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. For tomorrow's sale, we have a consignment of 12 sows. Averaging 400 to 450 pounds. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us call at the market 
That's 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all the Citrine Livestock, your family owned an FRA market. Have a great day. You have a great day, too, and I'm serious about this. Thank you for what you're doing, working at the polls today, because I know it's a, it's a very important job. Yeah, hopefully everybody comes out and votes. I hope so. All right. Talk to you later in the week. All right. Take care. All right. I was going to say something else, but I didn't want to get her madder. And taking a look at the rest of our markets, courtesy of Synergy Co-op. Markets were higher yesterday and overnight. Not bad either. July corn up 3 to 4 cents at 7.43. The oats at 7.11. July wheat up 24 at 10.34. Soybeans up 9 at 15.98 overnight. Meal up 2.90 a ton at 4.50.70. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corn's at 6.87 with soybeans at 15.41. Doomer's grain of Holman and Buck Country Arcadia. Corn's at 6.81 and soybeans are at 15.37. On the detail. Ten screen corn and bean prices up from yesterday at Golden Plump, six ninety three on the corn today. Baldwin, also uh, Elmwood and Fall Creek, six sixty six on the corn, fifteen twenty two on the beans. Duran, six sixty four and fifteen twenty two, six sixty eight in Mondovi and fifteen twenty two on the beans. And Osseo, six seventy one beans, fifteen twenty two. Elk Mound, six seventy eight and fifteen forty four. Corn at Sparta, six eighty nine beans, fifteen twenty seven. Ellsworth, six sixty one and fifteen oh nine at the ethanol plants. Corn at Boyceville, six ninety four. Stanley, seven oh three. New Richmond, seven dollars. Barrel cheese up a cent and a half, two twenty six and three quarters. Blocks three and a quarter lower at two twenty six and a quarter. Butter up a penny at two seventy two. April class three down fourteen at twenty three fifty five. May down fifty six twenty three ninety nine. June down fifty two at twenty three eighty three. July down forty three at twenty three seventy four. Again, we've got a high about fifty today. Mostly cloudy, kind of breezy. Rain a little bit later on. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.